What's going on, y'all? It's Key Mark Kane coming to you all the way live. Your favorite country cousin, your favorite Mississippi, and your best friend. Hey, y'all. It's your girl, Ashley F.G. Norwood. It ain't me without the F.G. Come on. And we are the, the Family, Family Tree, Tree Podcast. Podcast. Thank y'all for rocking with us. Be sure to follow us on Instagram and Facebook, The Family Tree Podcast, and on Twitter, The Family Tree. Yes, indeed. Stay rooted, stay black, stay blessed. Peace. Yo, what's happening, man? It's Kemar Kane coming to you all the way live. Your favorite country cousin, your favorite Mississippian, and your best friend. Welcome by and with. What's up, y'all? It's Ashley F.G. Norwood. It ain't me without the F.G. Yes, Lord. We here with with the, the Family, Family Tree, Tree Podcast. Podcast. Again, I'm so excited about this episode. Yeah. Because I am not my head. Okay. I, I am not my <laughs> Look, when black people don't know the lyrics, it's kind of like, uh, you know, uh, you just got to talk about Hey. facts. Shout out to India Arido. Shout out to her, the great. That's a classic. It is a classic. And, you know, the first time I heard it, it was actually this girl's name on Facebook. Okay. You know, like back in the day when we used to, like, have these ridiculous names on social media. Yeah. It's, it's never like Key Kane, but, like. You know, out west came, uh, you know, <laughs> something like, you know, I don't, I don't know. So hers was like, I am not my hair, Dasha. And it's just like, okay, yeah. what is that? Mm. And I heard the song and it made sense. She's someone who actually was going through some kind of something with her scalp where like her hair would fall out a lot. Mm-hmm. So, and, and I was much younger. She went to school with my brother. But, you know, high school, and you know how it is. People can be mean. Facts. Talk about your image and appearance. Oh, God, we're going to talk about that. You oh, know, yeah. it's 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 so important. <laughs> it means so much to so many people and how people feel about your image. Yeah. And, and, and you know what I'm saying? And your hair and, and, and how you look means so much to us as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, like to see her kind of taking a stance like, I don't care how y'all feel. This is what's happening with me. I don't know why it's happening. I can't do anything about it, but I am not my hair. I, I thought it was so profound, mm-hmm. you know, for a young woman to take that stance. But that was kind of like, you know, some of the early conversations about, well, you know, why is hair, why does hair have to define a person's beauty? Mm. You know, and who makes that determination whether or not you're beautiful or not based on how you want to rock your hair? Um, this conversation, I think... It's so on time, too, because, like, look at us. Locked Two down. young black people. You know. Locked up. Yes, professionals. You know what I mean? Um, so, Kane, you, I know you started locks before I did, mm. and I believe you had locks before in college. Yeah, it's my Can second you talk to me about, you know, like, why you chose to lock your hair and okay. just maybe some of your natural hair journey. For so. Yeah. So I first grew my hair in high school. Okay. That's when Lil Wayne Carter One oh, snap. was out. You know what I'm saying? So yep. Lil Wayne had influenced a lot of us young brothers to What's grow our hair. Point? Yeah. Yeah. There and was. get some locks. Mm-hmm. So shout out to Lil Wayne, the Carter One. <laughs> you know, that was the reason why I grew my hair at first. I had mm-hmm. a lot more locks than I did now. Mm-hmm. They were smaller. And I said, if I get them again, I want like thicker locks. Okay. But they got pretty long. They got like white. Right below my shoulders a little bit. Mm-hmm. So you kept them for a couple of years? Maybe? I kept them for a couple of years, and I cut my hair. Okay. And I had cut my hair because I felt like I was going through a shift, you know, spiritually, mentally, emotionally. 
I didn't, I couldn't really put my finger on it. I can mm-hmm. say that now, being mm-hmm. who I am and the things I know about myself. Uh, but I felt like I needed to cut my hair to kind of have a fresh start. You know what? I'm going to put a pin in that okay. because I'm so happy to hear your experience and your perspective as a man. Mm-hmm. Because I know for women, you know, we like to say things like, oh, when a woman cuts her hair, she's about to... Yeah. You know, change the world, you know, like it's, it's, we connect or we, we tie or align our hairstyles, like our dramatic hair changes with like life changes. Mm-hmm. A lot of times women do. So to hear, you know, this coming from a man, I think it's just, it's just a person to person thing. Yeah. So I'm glad that you, you know, you talked about that, so, but keep going. So, I mean, you cut it off, but then you're back. I'm so, back. Like what? what 10 years later. 10 I cut them I cut them yeah. in 2012 right after my older my older brother, my only brother. If I say my oldest brother, but my only brother. My older brother wedding <coughs> like maybe a week or two after his wedding I cut my hair. Mm. In 2012. Um and then over the years I always wanted to grow them back. But it was like I was afraid again cuz you said us being locked up and being professionals as mm. well. I was kind of afraid that if I grew my hair back, I wouldn't be able to be in some of the rooms Mm -hmm. that I stepped in in my 20s, right? Because I was able to accomplish a lot in my 20s. I was able to have some great salaries in my 20s from different organizations. Mm -hmm. And it's like, I I wonder if I did grow my hair during that time, would I have still had these opportunities, right? Mm -hmm. Because the Crown Act, that didn't come until later. Right. Right. Uh, to where you couldn't discriminate against nobody with hair. I remember even when I had tried to get a job at Men's Warehouse right off of County Line Road. Yeah. And I still had my locks at that point. And the brother, you know, looked at my head before he even looked me, looked me in my eye or even shook my hand. He looked mm-hmm. me at, uh, he looked at my head and was like, okay. I was mm-hmm. like, yeah, I was coming to see about, you know, a job or whatever. And then uh, I heard through a little birdie, you know, that he was like, yeah, he, he not going to hire you until, like, you cut your hair. Mm. And so that that is what made me believe, too. Like, I wouldn't be able to get certain jobs until I cut my hair. Yeah. That wasn't really the reason why, again, I felt a shift just in me personally. Mm-hmm. But then after I did cut it, I still needed a gig. So I went back. And I got the job. Yeah. It was short-lived, too, though, because um, retail is not really my thing. I got you. <laughs> I think we all dabbled in it because it's, it's kind of some of our first jobs anyway yeah, in retail. Yeah, But then, then you find out. Eh. Yeah, it, yeah, it wasn't for your boy. I got you. So, yeah, 10 years later, I'm back. Uh, in February, it'll be a year mm-hmm. since I've been locked back. And it's been an amazing journey. It's teaching me patience. Come on. Uh, It's teaching me to be able to get through the rough patches, if you will. Mm -hmm. Because after, like, the second and third month, you're going to look a little wild. Mm -hmm. You know, (laughs) your hair begins to bloom a little bit. That's where I'm at. The lock begins to take its shape, you know. And uh, for the new year, I did want to get a fresh retwist. But I'm like, you know what? Because I usually go every eight weeks, every two months. Okay. But I said I'm going to wait until my one year is here. So in February, I get my fresh retwist. February fresh. February fresh. I like that. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, that's that's been my journey thus far. My hair has given me a different confidence, too, for real, for real. Yeah. I did have more so 
when I had my hair cut, I had a thicker beard. But okay. now when I have my hair, I keep I try to keep my beard kind of low. Okay, okay. So what is yeah. that like balance or kind of balance? What you, I just, don't, just the look that you're going for. The look that I'm yeah. going for because I, I don't you. want a big, humongous beard and a head full of hair. I, I, I don't think that'll fit me too well. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. and but it's yeah. your choice to make for sure, right? What what you think suits you, mm-hmm. you know? In this conversation about, um, you know, just like hair, and you know, I think about what I've done. I even like right now in conversations, you hear people say, you know, going natural. But then I don't know who said it first, but I remember a lady saying, "Well, is it going natural or returning natural?" Ooh. You know what I mean? Like, okay. why do we put emphasis on? becoming something that we already are, that we've always been. Thanks. You know what I mean? So to return natural, for me, I mean, that started in grad school. Um, and it was really on, on some, I'm at this point now where I'm at Ole Miss, I'm in this white city, and who, who out here is about to perm my black hair? I, I have, have really thick hair. Um, and so it's just maintenance. So at yeah. that point, it's just like, well, I'm just going to grow it out, you know. Mm-hmm. And I remember cutting it off and having a teeny-weeny afro and feeling less than beautiful, mm-hmm. you know, and feeling like I had to rush and get a wig made, you mm-hmm. know. And I remember doing it, coming home, uh, and that's when I started learning how to make wigs for myself. While it did put some money in my pocket, um, I had to check myself and make sure that I didn't, that I wasn't, depending on the wig, you know what I mean? To feel confident and beautiful in certain settings. And uh, when I, you know, when I made that realization and I checked myself, you know, the fro was popping at Ole Miss, you know what I mean? Um, And coming back home after graduation, I remember shaving my head, Mm. you know? So I remember I had like the little low fade on the side and the back, started off one side, boom, bam, then it was just everything. And um, I remember going to work, and at the time, my place of employment, um, I had a black CEO, mm-hmm. and he was loving it. Mm-hmm. So when I put the wig on, like, after a couple of days when I started reporting and I was, like, out in the field, he was like, why aren't you rocking your fro? And I like that he asked me that because in a lot of professional spaces, people – People don't see that or acknowledge or or see the beauty in your natural hair. You, you know seen. what I mean? I felt seen. And um, I remember just feeling like, well, I had to have this look because I was working in a predominantly white space. Yeah. Um, I knew as a reporter at the Capitol, I'm chasing now Republican white men, you know, who already don't see me. As a black person, being a minority, as a black woman, definitely being a super minority in that building, you know. So I kind of felt like I started to develop a look for work, Mm -hmm. for professional. But that's so toxic Mm -hmm. in so many ways. Like earlier when you talked about the Crown Act, it still bothers me that we even have to have something like that. You know what I mean? Um, And just just, let's look at that. Let's look at the Crown Act, though. For those who aren't familiar with the Crown Act, this is an anti-hairstyle discrimination legislation that literally protects natural hairstyles in the workplace. Um, Style, you know, whether it's based on the hairstyle or the hair texture, um, natural hair, we know that African-American women, 80% are more likely to change their hair to conform to social norms or expectations at work. Mm -hmm. It's us. It's black women. I just talked about, you know, 
the different situations I've been in and why I've tried to change my hair. Mm -hmm. Or even to take it a step further, you know, we know that our hair is three times more likely to be perceived as unprofessional. Yep. You know, and it didn't take a statistic for me to realize that. I know that because I walk in a room and it's what you're staring at. Like you said, you walked in for a job interview and the man is looking at your hair before, you know, he even hears or sees who you are and what Mm -hmm. you can produce, the potential that you have in this industry. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's crazy because... Even in, you know, working as a reporter at the Capitol, there was a time where I was like, you know, forget it, you know, and I didn't wear the wig anymore. My, I wanted to just let my hair grow because I was never the girl that always had the same hairstyle. Yeah. I would go to work with the fro, with a wig, with some braids, to the booty, to the ankles, whatever, you mm-hmm. know. Um, and it's funny because even in those settings, like white people mainly, it's like, oh, Ashley, that's you. I didn't even realize that was you. That was you. You changed your hairstyle. And it's like, now you know good and well. Ain't nobody else sitting in the same seat yeah. <laughs> looking like me every day. But black women, that's what we do. Mm-hmm. Naturally, a lot of us change our hairstyles. But no one ever, you know, questioned a white girl about her hairstyle changes. You know what I mean? So we're in the middle of a meeting, and you're, oh, Ashley, that's you? You're making a big deal out of it. It's just right. like, why, why are we scene. doing this? Why are we doing this? Yes, it's me. <laughs> Who else would it be, you know? Um, but, like, in in the workplace, I think that, you know, there was a time, you know, like I said, because I was always switching it up, when I was really just rocking the fro. Mm-hmm. And I remember um, a little birdie telling me about a group of white male Republicans at the Capitol who were just so infatuated and saying things like, I wish I could just run my hands through her big afro, wow. you know? And I don't know if I was supposed to be flattered by that, mm-hmm. but no, you can't touch my hair. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And it's it's just it's just again like this feeling of being objectified or sexualized by things like even your hair, mm-hmm. like in this professional space because it looks exotic to some people. You know, um, I tell you, man, hair we could talk about it all day, um, but I think professionally, um, you know. In certain spaces, like, there there are people who use in their policies saying things like excessive hairstyles, mm-hmm. you know, um, like, we don't, we, we don't allow excessive hairstyles or um, that you must reflect business professional images and have let go of some black people because they feel like their hair mm-hmm. was excessive. Yeah. Or that the texture of their hair was unprofessional. And I just I think that, that that's that's so problematic and it's sad that we're still talking about this type of discrimination. Right. Um, but it's still happening. It is happening. In the workplace. Like what is even deemed to be an excessive hairstyle? Like who who is the person who whomever is in charge? Who can say, oh, yeah, your hair, it's a bit much. And you know who that is. Right. It, it's not us, right? right? Which is why we're the ones that are so many times more likely, um, our, our hairstyles are so many more times likely deemed unnecessary or mm-hmm. excessive. You know, and we talk about hairstyles professionally, mm-hmm. but even, like, in our own community. Yeah. So I've been thinking about locking up for a while um, I almost did it 2020. Okay. But, I mean, at, at that point during the pandemic, a lot of the locticians that I would have considered, they weren't working in the studio. You know, like, they're, they're home because the shops are shut down, right? Yeah. And, I mean, I could have started my own, but I didn't want to do that by myself. I wanted to let a professional do it. For sure. So it went out the, you know, went out the window in 2020. 
2021, okay, thought about it, but I just never did it. And then this year, you know, like when people ask me, what made you just go ahead and do it? I honestly feel like when I started working at an HBCU, Mm. it was just kind of like, why not? Yeah. At this point, it's only up from here in terms of my blackity blackness. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Like, and to walk into a classroom and like have young black women like, oh, Professor Norwood, I love your hair. Mm, The cool professor. The cool professor. Okay. That's what they say. <laughs> but, like, to have that kind of acknowledgement, you know yeah, what I'm saying, yeah. in a workplace. Mm-hmm. It's so healthy. You know what I mean? And when I see them doing things, mm-hmm. I'm encouraging. Like, that's beautiful. And y'all love your, I love your Afro, sis. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Because in a lot of professional spaces, we don't have that. Yeah. A lot of us women don't have that. Don't have mm-hmm. that community with hair, you know. Um, but I know, like, for my family, it was kind of like a what's going on. My auntie called me Pebble Flintstone last week on FaceTime. You know Word. what I mean? Or just kind of like, so, is your hair matting up? Like, is it getting, like, you're just going to let it just. Let's talk about How'd that. How did that make you feel? <clears throat> How did that make you let's feel? Let's talk about image in the black family. Let's do okay? that. That's interesting. <laughs> Damn. With the emphasis on hair. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, we keep it real and we keep it raw on Believe that tree. every time. Um, and it's all love. You know mm. what I mean? These are conversations. This is what we need to be talking about. But I will say this, you know, um, like we discussed last season. Yeah. A, a lot of our conversations or our getting to know and understanding our parents uh, is going to be beyond us because we don't know how they were brought up. We don't know what they experienced when they were our ages, right? Mm-hmm. So when I talk about my mom or my dad's insecurities, for me, yeah, it's based off of the world they lived in, right? So growing up then, somebody rocking locks or afro trying to work in a particular setting was unheard of. Yeah, it might have been taboo. Like, nah, that's not going to happen. Mm-hmm. So I don't, I don't want my child to potentially face these this type of discrimination if she doesn't have to. So what I'm going to do is encourage him or her not to do this thing, mm-hmm. whether that's getting a tattoo, you know, or having a piercing or going locks, these things that are deemed unprofessional mm-hmm. or untraditional in certain workspaces. Mm-hmm. So I ain't going to lie, you know, when I started my life journey, you know, my mom was just like, what? <laughs> she couldn't believe it. Um, and... My dad doesn't have much to say because I don't know. You know, he jokes, and he's just like, when you going to do something to your hair? You know, they joke around, they say things. But I know for them it's just kind of like it's, it's different. Uh, it's new, yeah, yeah. you know. And they know I've changed my hair a lot, but I know a lot of their fears does come from it stems from insecurity. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, like, you just mm-hmm. now getting into this place in your professional career. Like, are you sure this is the best move now, you know? But at the end of the day, man, I just still feel like it's hair. Mm. I feel like it is hair. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, when I look at the women around me, you know, like, whether there's, that, that, that just comes to mind, like, Ava DuVernay, like, I, I love her. She is locked. Gorgeous, yeah. And she is working professionally and successfully in the career field, mm. right? And she's a former journalist. Or I think about um, a particular professor who just joined JSU but had been working at Valley for the longest, uh, Dr. Turnipseed, like, she's so powerful, so powerful in higher education and in terms of the impact she has at HBCUs locked up. You know what I mean? These are black women who carry locks, who wear locks. It is their crown. And it hasn't stopped them from getting to the places and spaces that they 
the, you know, where they are now. I don't know, you know, mm-hmm. necessarily everything that they may have faced. Mm-hmm. But, but they I got feel like, through it. Yeah, I feel like they're, you know, they're making moves regardless. Yeah, but thanks. in our own community, yeah, there are some people who look at, everybody don't like locks. Mm-hmm. Just because you black don't mean that you rock with locks. Right. You know, there are, I, I mean, I've been out in public. And people, they love it. Oh, I love your hair. But then I know there are some black people, but they in my family are not, know me or not, they might look at my hair and just kind of like, why you do that? Yeah. You know? Yeah. Like coming from someone who had like the big curly fro or, you know. But but that's, again, image and what people, how people think you ought to portray yourself, right? Yeah. Like how you should look, how you should wear your hair. Why do we care so much about what other people think? I'm curious to know. Like when your aunt said that on FaceTime. Of the Pebble Flintstone. And when others ask like, hey, like what's going on? Like why would you do that? Like how did you feel initially? And then how did you actually like get over that initial feeling? Like, oh, well maybe I shouldn't have done this. If you thought that, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. How did you feel in those moments? Um, well, I honestly taught every moment as a teachable moment, mm-hmm. you know? So, like, the first time, even when my mom said, like, the first time she saw my hair and she used the word dreads, you know? So now we're talking about, well, locks is the term I, I embrace, you mm-hmm. know? And let's talk about why, mm-hmm. you know? So we, we understand, you know, the term dreads and dreadlocks. Who, who coined that phrase? Who labeled our hair as dreadful based off of the texture and the look of it so many years ago in slavery, you know what I mean? Um, but redefining it and, and branding it as locks is what I embrace. Mm-hmm. Is it something that I'm going to have for every mama? I don't know. Mm-hmm. But all I have is right now, and this is what I choose right now. This is where I'm at. You know, can I, can I revert back? Sure. Do I want to? No. So, like, I never felt like... I needed to make a change based off of how anyone felt about it. Yeah. But I've used every moment as a teachable moment to talk about, you know, like, so mama, this is really what's happening. Like, well, why is it like that? Well, this is what's happening, yeah. you know? So, and I think that's a lot of the fear <laughs> is the, is the unknown. It's, it's not known. You know yeah. what I mean? So just using these moments to educate is kind of what I've been doing. Okay. But it's only been, this is September when I started. Um, my 112 babies in my hair. Okay, like, you counted them joints. <laughs> I, I love them, and I and I take care of them. And like you said, like it's this confidence. Like every, I don't always calm down my baby hairs. Mm. You know, I'm just like I'm out here. You know, I'm not. I don't have to have a retwist every two weeks. Like I'm gonna let it do what it do. That's good. You know, and I think you think about how much time we spend, women in particular. Or at least I speak from my own um, experiences, like trying to make sure my hair is ready, you know, mm-hmm. before I go to work. The time I put in it, the effort I put into it, not that I don't take care of my hair now, but, like, why was I spending that much time, mm-hmm. like, to look presentable or professional? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, weekends are now wash days, you know? So, so I, how, it's, how, it's no going back. Not right now. How much time did you save? On a work day, getting your natural hair ready or getting your fro ready or however you were styling your hair that day mm-hmm. versus how you style your hair now with your locks. <laughs> how much time have you saved? Like I said, wash days were weekends. Yeah. When I had the, the fro, like, it would, it would be a Saturday, wash it, style it. And it would have to dry overnight into the next day. And then I take it down on Monday. You know? So, like, now I'm oh, making plans. this ain't plans. an hour thing. This is a no, it's time. day-to-day. 
It's time. You Sheesh. know what I mean? And, like, when you're at a point where it's like, okay, well, I can't make plans this weekend. Like, if my friends want to do something randomly, oh, but I started taking my braids down. Mm. Oh, no, nah, I can't go. You know what I mean? It's just like stuff, stuff like that. <laughs> um, and it's funny because it happens all the time with me and my homegirls, at least for them now. Um, but now, if y'all ready to go, shoot. Let's go, you go. know, or put it, whatever, you know. And I'm just a couple months in, so I understand, like, the journey is really just getting started. Yeah. But I I take every moment, um, I'm, I'm enjoying every part of it, you know what I mean? Because I don't know what it's going to look like a year from now, mm-hmm. but I take care of it. Mm-hmm. I nourish it. Um, and I think it's, it's, like you say, it's giving me this confidence. And it's just... It's, it's so naturally me, and I yeah. like that, that it can just be, it's just mine. Facts. You know? One thing I've learned with, with my locks, you know, a lot of <coughs> millennials and younger people are getting more into the plant life. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. Getting plants, purchasing plants, taking care of their plants. I look at my locks the way most people look at their plants. Mm-hmm. Watering my hair, yep. tending to my hair, you know, even talking to my hair. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, it's like, I do the same. It's like, hey, yeah. you know, my hair is long, healthy, and strong. <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? Affirming myself and also my hair. Yep. You know, that's the thing. Um, because uh, uh, we can talk about this as well, how some people just let their hair grow without necessarily taking care of it. It's just there. Like free form? I mean, the free form is, is cool, but I'm talking about, like, people that just don't tend to their hair at all. Yeah. Not okay. just locks, but just in general. Yeah, yeah. You know, so talking about image, you know, what is, how can I word this? What makes, what do you think makes a black image so powerful? No matter who's presenting what, whether that be in lock form or in cornrow mm-hmm. form, box braids, what have you, outfits, whatever the case may be. Because <clears throat> you look at a, a homeless person, they can't really help that, but they still look decent. Mm-hmm as best as decent can be, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, you know, and mm-hmm. then like some barbers are nice enough to, to shape up their hair, whatever the case may be. Image from homelessness, even up until rocking some of the designer, like mm-hmm. what? What makes that black, what makes black image so powerful? Yeah. <laughs> I think because it's so multifaceted, yeah, yeah. it's so powerful. Okay. Um, because it's just kind of like, man, what y'all going to come up with next? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, when I look at my people, I would, regardless of, you know, all that comes with being black, because mm-hmm. black is beautiful. Mm-hmm. I believe that. Um, I live that. But at the same time, you know, I think so many people fear yeah. how powerful we are yeah. from the inside out. You know what I mean? Um, and that's why they're, you know, that's why we, we have so many people who want to appropriate, you know, uh, our ooh, culture. That's what I was getting to. Who want the things <laughs> that we have, like, physically and naturally, whether that's hair or, you know, the, the shape of our bodies, our mm-hmm. lips, our behinds, and all these things. And, you know, 
people want what they what they can't have a lot of times, and I think sometimes they want what they don't necessarily understand. But mm. it's so powerful and it looks so good because yeah. it ain't theirs. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like you know a kid walking by the candy store. If Mama say you can't have no candy, but dang, you want some candy. It's a it's a urge. It's a want. It's a desire. Well, how am I get that? You know, whether mm. I take it or. I find the next best thing. I know it's something that I want. Yeah. I feel like it's the same thing. Like, a lot of people look at us. Uh, while they say a lot of people ain't trying to be black, but they want what, you know, they, they want to look black or enjoy black culture and all these things. But still hate us, though. But still hate us. Image? Heck yeah. And I think about the movie Get Out. Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> Talk about that. They you wanted know, like his speed, you know what I mean? Like it was even beyond like looking like a black person. I yeah, living in a black body. Living in a black body. But the all black that the black body Yes, all that the black body does or produces mm -hmm. is what they wanted. Crazy. That that's a movie that I've seen it like three times and still need to watch it some more just to catch everything. Cause there's so much symbolism in that movie. That part. And it's like, you know, they, like, how did you feel when you saw, I think it was one of the Kardashians, actually, who had the cornrows, and that made such a big deal out of it. Like, it was a brand new, yeah. quote-unquote, pop or hip style. Yeah. Like, it's, it's like, nah, we've we been out here doing this. Yeah. Like, even even some of the white guys who, who locked their hair up. Mm -hmm. It's mm -hmm. like, I used to get upset about this shit. Mm -hmm. You know? And it's like, yo, like, Why? <laughs> It don't even look it don't even look right on you. Right, you know right. It don't even look the same. The texture, the hair is not the same. And you know, I feel like the consequences aren't the same either. Because like even when you think about was it twenty eighteen when the young high school wrestler had to cut his hair? Had to cut yeah. his hair. And some came out saying that he actually wanted to do that, but I don't think so. I don't think so. The fact so. that he was put up to the pressure on the spot in on a situation the like that, that was terrible. Yeah. And and I feel like that wouldn't have happened to anyone else but a black, a young black guy. That's correct. You know? Even with, I don't know if you've seen Colin Kaepernick's series on Netflix. Not yet. But what you think about it? I enjoyed it. Okay. Every single episode. I don't want to say too much because you haven't seen it, mm -hmm. but there is quite a bit being discussed about his hair. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. So I want right. to Noted. I don't want to give it away. Don't but give it away. Yeah. I'm gonna tap into it's it. It's definitely something, something. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Good. And you know, like even with that, um, and I know we kind of talked about like in our family, but even in our communities, I think a part of a part of what we do here at the Family Tree Podcast mm -hmm. and what is really going to affect change beyond is what we do inside of our community. Facts. And so, like, when I think about, what was it, school days? Mm -hmm. You know, like, good hair, mm, bad yeah, hair, yeah, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Like, the conversation about colorism in our community. But even, like, hair, like, you look at some people, like, some people in our community, mm -hmm. they like this natural hairstyle, mm -hmm. but not but not this other person's natural hairstyle based on texture or based on length or based on whatever. You know, I think, one, if you're embracing your natural yourself mm -hmm. and as a community that we accept, like, how multifaceted, how very, how diverse, like, our image, our look, our hairstyles, our attires, all these things are, mm -hmm. um, and so that we don't 
that we don't ostracize ourselves within our own community, yeah. then other people see that love that we have here. Mm-hmm. Maybe they'll reflect that, maybe they won't. But at least we don't give them the leg up to talk down on, you know what I mean? Yeah. On something that they don't understand because because now I have my own, you know, idea of what's quote-unquote good hair and bad hair. That's good. And that's not fair. Yeah. You know, and you think about, like, little girls. Um, <clears throat> a couple of years ago, I was in Walmart and randomly saw, like, these different Barbies. Mm. One had a big afro. Mm-hmm. One had a short, short, like, fade, and it was gold. Okay. I bought them. Yeah. I'm, I'm not playing with them, but I said I'm going to buy them and keep them because when I grew up, I didn't have Barbie dolls that looked like that. That is cool. But if the Lord blesses me, or even with, like, my, my niece soon to come, shout out to Soleil Legacy, my baby girl. Hey. My niece to come, like, okay. she'll have black dolls yeah. that aren't just black, but, like, have representation for natural hair mm-hmm. and hairstyles. Mm-hmm. I think that that's so important, you know. It is important because I representation mean, representation does matter. You no know, little kids say all kind of stuff. I've I've had natural hairstyles and some little kids looking like, "What's wrong with your hair?" Because they're not used to seeing it. Yeah, you know, whether that's at school or at church or you know around their own people, or they hear grown folks talking about mm-hmm. certain hairstyles on black people. Mm-hmm. I think we should normalize and have representation of all natural hair. We should encourage, you know, our brothers and sisters to embrace their natural hair not to yeah. go natural but to return natural i love that it ain't for everybody but i'm gonna always root for it mm-hmm. same because i love it here stay rooted stay <laughs> i like what you did there i like what you did there yes lord i like what you did there this is great but um i'm not my hair so i'm glad we had this conversation because i think it's important you know that we really learned not to care yeah. <laughs> about what anyone else has to say about mm-hmm. my image. Mm-hmm. You know, um, we define what is beautiful. We are beautiful naturally. And I think we should just walk in that. And you'll be surprised the domino effect. Like when you ex- exude this kind of confidence, how people respond to that. Yeah. You know, and how it may shape their perception. Because I know I had a breakthrough with my mom when. Even though she had an opinion about my locks, she said, well, it's something that you want to do. It's something important to you. It's, it's what you like. Thank uh, you. Shout out to Miss Joanne. Thank you. That's all. Drop mic. Drops the mic. So, I'm not my hair. You are not your hair. Live fabulously. Yeah, man. Enjoy it, y'all. <laughs> it's another great episode of the Family Tree Podcast. It's <laughs> Keith Arcane coming to all the way live, your favorite country cousin, your favorite Mississippian, and your best friend. Man, I appreciate y'all for rocking with us for yet another episode. We'll catch y'all on the next trip. Peace. Ba-dum-ts. What's going on, y'all? It's Key Kane coming to you all the way live. Your favorite country cousin, your favorite Mississippian, and your best friend. Hey, y'all. It's your girl, Ashley F.G. Norwood. It ain't me without the F.G. Come on. And we are the, the Family, Family Tree, Tree Podcast. Podcast. Thank y'all for rocking with us. Be sure to follow us on Instagram and Facebook, The Family Tree Podcast, and on Twitter, The Family Tree. Yes, indeed. Stay rooted. Stay black. Stay blessed. Peace.